What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. Where we're located here in West Michigan, it is a Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. Sorry for the latency. I was actually uh, in the middle of trying to upload some uh, sound clips, and there was a file that actually took just a little bit too long. So, you know, leave it to me to be fashionably late. You know, here's the ironic thing. Would you believe it that I actually, if I told you that I'm actually the very... I'm like out of my wife and I, I'm the actual more, I'm the more punctual one. I'm usually the one that's getting after her because we're always late. Yeah. That's a true story. Like every time when it comes to getting out the door, I'm typically ready to go like 15, 20 minutes or a lot sooner than that, depending on you know where I'm at with getting ready and stuff like that. And it doesn't take me much to get ready. Cause you know, I've got a pretty ugly face. You ain't going to pretty up this face. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, I just get in the shower, grab some clothes, throw on some shoes. I'm ready to rock. And I keep my hair pretty short, so I don't need to do any gel or any of that nonsense like I used to do back in the day. But, man, I tell you what, when it comes to being punctual here in the digital world, you know, or as Facebook would call it, meta or whatever, you know, I'm definitely late, definitely late to the game. So, but anyway, I apologize for being late. Today we are going to be reading Mark chapter 4 here with 1% with him. And then after we're done with this reading and uh, going over kind of like a little summary of it like we typically do, I'm going to be doing a heavy topic on the other side here with a His Hardline discussion. So it kind of falls in line with um, um, with the uh, premiere that Stu Peters did uh, called The Little Ones. And then Donna Brandenburg, who I've been having on the show every Friday, um, you know, we've we've been talking. We talk about a lot of various topics, but one thing that she posted uh, today was regarding, you know, um, just kind of the realities of, of, of child trafficking. And so we're going to discuss a little bit about that. It's a little bit of a, you know, a pretty serious and dark topic, but it's a topic that people need to be aware of. Nonetheless, it's an ugly truth, but it's a truth that we have to face, you know, we have to face it straight on. And if we're going to end up, you know, you know, tackling this one way or another. So, so anyway, we are going to get rocking and rolling with this reading. And so uh, it begins. And again, we're in chapter four, starting with verse one. Again, he began to teach by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat down, and the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things and parables, and he was saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this, and behold, the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. And other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And when the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up, and it choked it, and it yielded no crop. 
and other seeds fell into good soil. And as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and even 100 times as much. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. As soon as he was done, his follower, as soon as he was alone, excuse me, as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with his 12 disciples, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but for those who are outside, everything comes in parables, so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive, and while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and it would be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. And in similar way, these are the ones sown with seed on the rocky places who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And yet they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution occurs because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown with seed among the thorns, and these are the ones who have heard the word, but the worried of the world, excuse me, the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things enter and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones sown with seed on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 times as much. And he was saying to them, a lamp is not brought to be put under a basket or under a bed, is it? Is it not brought to be put on a lampstand? For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you and more will be given you besides. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up daily and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. The soil produces crops by itself. First the stalk, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. Now when the crop permits, he immediately puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he was saying, how shall we picture the kingdom of God or by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is the smallest of all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than the garden then all the garden plants and forms large bunches with the result that birds of the sky can nest under its shade. And with many such parables, he was speaking the word to them so far as they were able to understand it. And he did not speak to them without a parable. And he was explaining everything privately to his own disciples. Now on that day, when evening came, he said to them, let's go over to the other side. After dismissing the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a fierce gale of wind developed, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much as the boat was already filling with water, and yet Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, 
Do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Hush and be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Wow. It's actually pretty powerful. Just kind of had a little bit of epiphany there when when they were talking about even the wind and the sea obey him. I keep thinking about, you know, the the law of air, wind, and land. And uh, it's just amazing because, you know, when it comes to common law, which is the law of the land, just a little sidebar, it's supposed to be the, you know, the most uh, the most profound and the most powerful law there is, the law of the land. And so that's what Jesus reigns over, right? And that he even can control the wind, which is by air, and the sea, which is the land, you know, the law of the sea. And Christ, Christ has domain over everything. I think people forget that. I think it's just kind of interesting. It just kind of hit me right then and there. But that's the big, that's the whole reading of Mark chapter 4. And so um, there is one area I wanted to go back to, which I thought was very interesting. Where did I see it? It was right before verse 26. What did I see? It kind of caught me... Um, just kind of struck me here. Let's see here. Take care. Well, it'll come back to me. So, but what does Mark chapter four mean? So the focus of Mark's gospel is Jesus's actions. And so only here and in Mark chapter 13, three through 37, does this book spend significant time recording Jesus's teaching. And so in the previous chapter, Mark explores the different reactions people have to Jesus, his teachings and his miracles. And the Pharisees and the Herodians and Jesus' family react with varying degrees of horror. And the people like what Jesus has to say, but like his healing miracles more, um, or, or but they like his you know healing miracles more. And so the 12, referring to Jesus' inner circle of disciples and a group of others, they wanted to know the deeper meaning of Jesus' teachings. So here, Christ explains why he is met with such diverse reactions. And so the crowd gathered on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and they, and they make aggressive attempts to reach Jesus for healing. And so he instead sits on the boat to teach. And he teaches them as they remain on the shore. And so it as we saw illustrated here, Jesus uses parables, which is a symbolic form of teaching, to explain the mystery of the gospel. And so parables are a metaphorical story or stories which reveal the truth in an oblique way. And so listeners almost have to work in order to understand the seemingly simple stories between public parables and the private explanations to his disciples. And Jesus mentions listening or hearing more than a dozen times, but not everyone heeds his instruction. It's so very important that we listen. That's why God gave us two ears, one mouth, as we always hear. And so, although the crowd was willing to listen to Jesus's parables, they have to, you know, they, they ended up having no interest in the spiritual meaning behind those stories. And so the disciples, you know, and the 12 others, 12 and others, you know, they asked Jesus for clarification when things got, you know, were, got quieter. And so he explained to them that the parables act as like a, uh, like a gateway. So that, you know, those that had no wish to dive below the surface and really dig a little deeper 
into what the meanings of these parables were. They were free to just go on their way and just, that's it. While at the same time, those that who were drawn in by the simple stories will receive answers for their questions, answers which will eventually lead to forgiveness. And that's why I often tell people, as it pertains to the assembly or the Bible, doesn't matter what it is, it could be anything, any subject matter. You need to read. Don't just look on the headlines. Don't just look on the surface and think that you're going to grasp the whole concept of whatever it is that you're trying to find out. You need to dive below the surface. Otherwise, you are free to just go on your merry little way and continue to be, you know, ignorant to whatever said subject there was that, you know, you wanted to know more about. See, the problem is people, by nature, it seems like, don't really want to put in the sweat equity or the time to really digest solid information, solid truth, solid knowledge. Because oftentimes it takes, you know, it takes, takes effort, right? Takes effort. And so these reactions are illustrated in the parable. The seeds on the path are eaten by birds as Satan snatches spiritual truths from hardened hearts. That's one little illustration. Then you had the seeds in the rocky ground, which are like those who hear Jesus' teaching and react favorably, but they don't have that personal depth to keep their attention on Jesus in the face of hardships. And then you got the thorns, which uh, represent worldly distractions like, you know, social media and, um, you know, wealth building, you know, how how your 401k is doing, right? You know, what the Green Bay Packers or the Detroit, you know, Tigers are doing or, you know, whatever, you know, those kind of distractions. And that keeps an interested seeker from developing into a true believer. You know, it's the worldly noises, if you will. And then you got the seeds on the good soil, which produce spiritual fruit. And so... Jesus then tells several parables illustrating how his message of the gospel will spread. But first, he explains that although the gospel has been hidden until now, it is time to expose the truth like a lamp lighting a room. And so, you know, the more open people are to Jesus' teachings, the more spiritual wisdom God will give to them. And those who only want to understand a little will wind up with nothing at all. And so soon... Jesus will send the apostles out to the, you know, out to propagate his message. And as they teach, they all should understand that they are not responsible for the spiritual growth of their listeners any more than a farmer is responsible for making his crops grow. And they should be prepared. You know, the simple truth of the gospel will create a great movement that blesses all nations. And and I think we're getting to a point where we're going to come back as a, and hopefully an abundantly blessed nation here in America. We just need to return back to God and Jesus Christ because we left him. He never left us. And so in that vein, Jesus tells the disciples that it's time to cross the sea of Galilee to reach other people, you know, continue sowing seeds of the word. And he takes advantage of the boat ride to sleep and rest. And despite getting caught up in that horrible storm, you know, terrified of imminent death, the 12 awaken Jesus. And after scolding them for their lack of faith, he tells the wind and sea, peace, be still. 
and the weather immediately clears up and it calms down and the disciples redirect their focus for, you know, from fear to faith, from storms to Jesus and the man who can control the wind and the sea. Yes. That's a beautiful story. I love that part of the story where he tells basically the air and the water, peace, be still. That is just powerful because Christ, he moved about on land. And the 12 commandments fall very much in line with the, uh, excuse me, the 10 commandments. I don't know. I might've said 12, the 10 commandments fall very much in line with the 10 common law principles. Almost exactly. And common law is the law of the land. That's the highest law there is. And then, of course, you have the law of the water, you know, the law of the sea, and then you have the law of the air. Well, Christ has dominion over all of that. He reigns over all of that because he's God. He's the, he's the son of man. You know, he's the son of God. I, and I also love this part, too. This is my favorite part. Where basically it says right here, the disciples redirected their focus from fear to faith and from storms to Jesus. You know, and that's why I often say a lot of times, and sometimes I forget like I did in this show, when I introduce myself at the beginning of the show, and even though it's already in the introduction a lot of times, but you know, I am Jason, the co-host, but and I, always, I always say this is God and Jesus Christ's show. They are the host and they are the captains of the ship and they are steering the ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. But as long as you give up complete surrender of your life, completely, not partially, it has to be completely. There's no, you know, dipping your, you know, your toe in the water. You either jump all in or not at all. You give up complete surrender to God and Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, they will, he will steer you into a safe harbor. He will take you out of the storm. He will keep your ship upright. He will keep your path straight. Sure, it might be wavy. It might be rocky. It might be dark. It might be disorienting. But you got to remember, you trust in God and Christ. That's the only GPS you need. Your God positioning system. He'll lead your heart. You just got to follow. You got to trust and hand over surrender of your life and he'll guide you. That's what the GPS you need to follow. Not some little digital box that speaks to you in some British language female voice. God positioning system. That's the GPS that you need to follow. Like somebody just said right here in the chat board, he will not let you sink. It's the only way to go. So with that, we're going to end in a prayer and we're going to start the next show called the His Hardline Discussion. And so we will pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day, as usual. Each and every day is a gift, and I appreciate the air that you allow to enter into my lungs, which allows my blood to flow through my body as you created it. Thank you for all the many 
many blessings we often overlook. Thank you for being there for us, for guiding us. And we pray for this nation. We pray for our National Assembly and the Assembly of States and our Assembly of Counties. We pray that we can get unity. We pray for the children. We pray for just the voiceless, the elderly, the orphans, the widows, and allow those that have often been quiet and sat on the sidelines, let those start finding their inner voice, their inner lion, and to start fighting for righteousness on your behalf and to serve you in Christ, to serve your people. And may you be a guiding light for all of us so that we may be a shining light for your people. And so we pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. And so with that, I want to say I hope you all have a good evening or a good night if I don't see you on the other side for the His Hardline discussion. And uh, if I will see you, we'll just see you in about five minutes, but I will be back here tomorrow. See, tomorrow's Wednesday, so I will be back here tomorrow for another 1% with him. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. If not, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, have a blessed night or a blessed day wherever you're at in the world. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heartline. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.